Welcome to PS Let's Talk Love. I'm Marsha. And I'm Solvay. We're communication professors and dating and relationship coaches. And in each episode, we'll be talking about dating, love, relationships, and all their complexities. We're here to help you navigate the sometimes awful, sometimes exhilarating, and oftentimes bonkers elements of all things relationships. We want to emphasize that this podcast is separate from our teaching and research at our university jobs. It is, however, part of our desire to bring dating and relationship support to folks everywhere. Let's talk love. Hello and welcome. This is episode 38. And as we like to start every episode, I'm going to ask Solvay, what are you loving this week? Well, I'm loving something that you and I haven't talked about, but I'm curious if you are also loving, which is the new season of Love is Blind on Netflix. Oh my God, I've been watching it. You have? You have or you haven't? I have. You have? Okay. Okay, cool. Because we didn't plan this ahead of time. No, we did not. Real time. (laughs) You all are seeing this in real time. I'm not all the way through yet, but for anyone who's been with us for a while, you may know that Marsha and I have been quite fond of the what do you call that? The series, the multi-season show, Netflix show, Love is Blind. The Love is Blind extended universe. (laughs) I'm like, what do you call that exactly? We've been very fond of it over the years. And for whatever reason, I was watching something else and hadn't gotten to this newest season. I don't, but it hasn't been out that long, right? We're in season three. We're in season three. And I don't even think all the episodes have dropped yet oh okay okay um they've been dropping episodes on wednesday so i think a new batch just or maybe came out today or are gonna come out today i think cool okay it might be i'm not even caught up i don't think i'm caught up to that yet but i i have gotten to the part where the where i'm at is where they have like found their matches and now they're going to Malibu, California or wherever they are to like interact. Uh-huh. That's where I'm at. How far are you? I have, I've seen a little farther than that. I've seen them, um, like meet some families. Oh, okay. So I've seen them out of, out of the vacation mode, but I want, can, we, we've got to talk about this for a second. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. 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 I figured, I figured if you either, you hadn't watched it and I was going to tell you things or you had, and we could talk about it. So what are yeah. you loving about this season so far? Oh, we're not, we're not loving. Okay. Well, this is like some light spoilers, listeners. If you haven't watched season three of Love is Blind, that's forward first... for five minutes. Yeah. First couple episodes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I find myself not loving many of the participants very much. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I like some of them and I've warmed up to a few others, but. I was like, ooh, this is not a great group. And I hear this is, I will admit. You're on the love is blind, like Reddit or something. I I was not. I actually haven't. I haven't read anything because I'm like, I want no spoilers. I want no one else's opinion. I just want to like, let this be a pure experience. (laughs) And I was like, but I did Google where it was, um, like where everyone's from, where it's set. Um, so the first season was in Atlanta and then the second season was in Chicago. So everyone oh, was right. from those That's areas, right. remember? Yeah, yeah. This area. And I was like, where are all these people from? And then I saw it's Dallas, Texas. And I was like, this is making okay. more sense why I feel. I I just, I was like, this makes more sense why I'm like, Meh, on some of the people. Because I feel like there's a lot of like deep Southern root, like, like there's a lot of Christianity. Yes. The way yes, that they talk is are things that make me like, ooh, they they always make me like a little bit uncomfortable because I was not raised in the South. So when people like are talking deeply about the relationship with Jesus, I'm like, that feels weird. Um, okay. Okay. So that I that was probably offensive to some. I'm just t- I'm just being honest. Yeah, you're just sharing your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally, totally. 
Um, I don't have, yeah. And I don't have quite that same response, but I, I understand what you're saying and that I, yeah, there definitely was more, it seemed like there were more conversations at least between a couple, maybe it's just one person I'm trying to remember which couples, but like about their relationship with God and that that was super important to them. And that seemed like something that some of the characters at least connected over, but maybe more characters, <laughs> they are humans. <laughs> they kind of are characters at this point. <laughs> well, so do you have a favorite couple? Yes. My favorite couple, oh, what are their names? Alexa and Brennan. Okay. Okay. He had a The first couple. That, the yes. first couple. Everybody, yes. spoiler alerts, obviously, we're talking yeah. about all of the things. Yeah. You like he, them the best. I like them the best. I, I was, when I saw him in a cowboy hat, I was like, oh, sir, really? Is that necessary? Not because I hate cowboy hats, because I think there's a time and a place for a cowboy hat. And that time and a place is when you're outside on a goddamn horse. Uh, <laughs> or at a Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but uh, but I, I actually warmed up to him. I actually like him a lot. Um, okay. And her, I was a little skeptical of at first, but I am warming up to her quite a bit as well. I find her enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we didn't get to know that couple as much because mm-hmm. it was sort of like they're into each other. And and as you and I have read, I think since about some of the other seasons, I was then thinking like, I wonder if that happened so fast or if that's just how it was edited. Because yeah. it was hard to tell if it was particularly faster, but the way it was edited, it looked like that one was real fast that they were like, I mean, I totally crack up with all of these people being like, I love you so much after they've talked for like right. seven days or however long I'm like, I, I am a little eye rolly about that part admittedly and I love love but I'm like okay really I my favorite part of of this show of all of the the different seasons we've had of it is when they're like they'll be back in like regular life and they're like in the pods like they talk about in the pods as like this like very interesting transformative experience but they keep referencing it and I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of it's like somebody who went to like Europe for like two for a two week exchange program and then for the rest of their life that's their personality they're like well in Europe you're like all right that's like what it reminds me of that's really interesting yeah this very short time where we were in containers next to one another it's like, and I'm sure part of it, like I can also, from their perspective, like it is probably this very strange experience that only a few sure. isolated people know what it is, right? Like it, it was transformative for them. It just is so funny how they're like, well, in the pods. Yeah, that's really funny. I haven't thought about it like that. Do you well, okay. To- I like, now oh, I can't remember what. Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask you, who's your favorite couple? Well, I mean, obviously I haven't seen as much as you, so I'm, I reserve the right to change my mind. That's but okay. so far, I really like, I can't, um, oh no, I do remember Nancy and Bartise. Uh-huh. You don't like them. I like them. I, at the stage I was at, when I was where These you are. are different. Things have changed. Have they not all, have they met everyone? In- no, but this makes me excited. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also for initially, I think they actually were my favorite couple initially. I really like Nancy a lot. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk to you about more episodes. <laughs> okay. Maybe next week we'll talk more because I'm dang it. I wish I'd watched more. Well, in any case, in this moment where I'm at, they're my favorite. What do you think about um Zainab and what's his name? Cole? I Can Cole we just not my- talk about any of it till I watch more? I mean, I'll share my opinions on Cole. This is all just based on what I saw in the pods. I, Cole showed up and I was like, absolutely not. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. This guy's not ready. He, I I, immediately. Speaking of child, I think in one of the last episodes, you were like, Jamie is a child. I was like, Cole is a child. Cole is coming in with some Jamie Tart energy and not like the, any, uh, no evolution. Jamie Tart before he met Ted Lasso. Um, is he still doing that? Because then I was a little bit, I have to say, in the pods, in the back in the pods, <laughs> when, they were, when they were let, when he said, you know, asked a one woman um, something and she was like, well, like, I, I can only stay shallow. I can't remember what her name is. Like, I don't want to go. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I remember that. That was, I thought that yeah. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Cole, you're surprising me a little bit right now. Like mm-hmm. I can appreciate at least in that moment that he was like, I would like someone who has more depth. And I was 
I was, ref- I found it refreshing that he thought that Zainab, Zainab was, when she was sharing things, was going deeper with him in a way that he appreciated. I, I liked that part. I agree. And that was when I almost started to turn a corner with Cole. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he has glimmers of just like, just like everyone, people are complicated things because yeah, (laughs) I, I agree. And I also could not understand Colleen being like, I'm just shallow. I was like, (laughs) what? And it was like, I I mean, I, I, doubt that's true like that seems like a really interesting thing to like uh what is that we're like what's that thing where you like claim this position like my position is I want I want to want a deep relationship but I actually want a shallow relationship which is probably not her truth I don't think it's I want to think that it's not her truth and even that she said I'm just not deep like there's nothing basically the way I heard it or interpreted it was there's not much to me I've never heard, I think, I think what was so shocking is I've never heard, I have observed people who I'm like, whoa, not, not a lot below the surface, but I've never heard somebody say it explicitly about themselves on national TV. (laughs) Well, she was in the pod. It felt safe. Yeah. 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 That was interesting. That was one. Okay. So the other interesting moment, since we're talking it through so far is I was really fascinated when, um, was it Bartise who was talking about something with Raven and she was like doing jumping jacks yeah. while he was telling her his like most, you know, some very intense self-disclosure. I was like, this is real weird. Yeah, that was also extremely strange. Yeah. And it what's funny is I also could not focus on what he was saying during that because they kept cutting to her doing jumping jacks. And that's my only memory of that entire scene is her yeah. doing jumping jacks. It just was seemed very inappropriate. And then it was really interesting that he was like, are you doing jumping jacks? <laughs> I can hear you moving over there while I'm telling He was telling her about how he went to, I can't remember which island with his mom and then his and dad. And then his mom, like her old high school sweetheart, like sang them a song on the dance floor. And then it sounds like it caused his parents divorce. Like that was the story he was telling it. She's like, uh-huh. She's jumping, jumping jacks. Anyways, I was like, that isn't, I don't know, but I feel like we can use that for a teachable moment in the future of what to not do. (laughs) Yeah. Listeners, if somebody is telling you a heartfelt moment uh, and disclosing something close to them, don't do jumping jacks. Give them your attention. Yeah. Even if you're a person who likes to move, like Marsha, I feel like I'd like to hear your take on that. Cause I know like you like to move, you like Mm -hmm. to move. But did you find that also concerning? Yes. Okay. I like listeners. I have a desk treadmill. Like I right, have a right. under my desk and I will be in meetings walking. Yeah. And I like, I mean, I think a lot of us, like, you know, you, when you talk on the phone and you like walk around your sure, house, yeah, yeah. walk, right? Like you move. But I also think like you kind of have to treat you have to treat an interaction like that as if you are like, you are sharing a space. The only thing you're not sharing are visuals. And I don't, I was trying to think like what jumpy jacks are also so aggressive. Like it's like, it's not like you're really strange. Like a wall sit maybe would be more appropriate. It would certainly be quieter. Yeah. Yeah. She could have been doing like, yeah, some sort of yoga moves or something to like that could have been quieter and like still stretched while she was listening. Or like walking in place, right? Like marching in place quietly where you're like moving but not jump. I don't know. I just am like, what? Yeah, that was strange. Yeah. That was oh, strange. Raven. Yeah. Oh, Raven. Anyways, yeah. I don't I I I know we could probably make a whole episode out of this. We have in the past, but is there anything else you want to talk about about it right now? No, other than it is bringing me a lot of joy right now. Um, And I'm excited now for new episodes that are probably out. Well, hopefully we'll catch up by next week so we can talk more about it. But I I am actually, I'm legit loving it. I was like, I don't know if I want to watch season three. I've already watched two seasons. And then it was like, I watched like 10 minutes and I was like, I'm in. (laughs) Yep. It is well-crafted. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. At least for communication geeks, I'm into it. That's true. <laughs> what are you loving this week? Well, 
continuing my theme for the last several weeks, I'm loving Taylor Swift. But specifically, there's a couple things I'm loving about Taylor Swift. Number one, a very important record was just broken by her. She held uh, last week all 10 spots in the Billboard Top 100 hits. She was one through 10. It's for all for each song, like all, ten songs on her new album. Uh, yep. So wow. the first ten spots and the for top one hundred were all her, which is wow, pretty that's cool. cool. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it, that had never been done by one artist, and it also is the first time ever that there hasn't been a man in the f- top ten. So fir- the first time ever. Ever. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So Taylor. Go Taylor, breaking some records. Um, I also am just kind of marveling and enjoying seeing her like business smarts play out. Like she's, I knew, I think we all kind of knew she was a creative genius, right? She writes a lot of her own songs. She, she puts together her tours. She's been directing her music videos. Like she is really accomplished as an artist. And I'm sure other people have observed this before now, but I just like, I'm kind of sitting back and looking at her business acumen, like, and going like, oh, this woman is a business person. She knew, like (laughs) she set out to do that. That's why she didn't release any singles ahead of time because the goal, this was the goal. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, it makes sense looking at it now and and the way that she built anticipation for the album. I just like there's stuff about it that I'm impressed by because I'm like, oh, that was smart. You are doing this. You have a strategy. You had a goal and you like laid it all out. And I know, I guess some people, I guess you could feel like sort somewhat manipulated by it if you wanted to. That's like the negative interpretation. But I mean, I liked the music and I had a great time. So yeah I don't yeah I mean I guess I don't yeah I'd be if someone does feel that way write us and let us know what your thoughts are I'd be curious to hear but I also feel like well good for you Taylor like yeah if you have a plan and you already wrote a song called mastermind so we know that <laughs> we you know you're plans like that yeah <laughs> we know what we know you are a mastermind Taylor yeah exactly then you've thought things through and yeah yeah that's awesome that's really cool yeah. Well, and then she also has announced her tour. I saw that I meant to text you and ask you, have you bought tickets immediate? Did you buy tickets immediately? Well, you cannot purchase tickets yet. I mm. have. So there, I have been watching, I've been on like teenager TikTok trying to figure out what are the strategies to getting a ticket. Oh my goodness. Okay. Because everyone's fear is that it's going to sell out extremely quickly because she hasn't been on tour for many years. She has she's released three new albums since she last went on tour oh wow okay folklore evermore and then this one midnight so i did that there's this thing you can do to be become a verified fan so it's basically <laughs> basically you're entering a lottery to get early access wow. okay um so i did that okay uh and then I asked my friend if she, because she also likes Taylor Swift. I was like, if I can get tickets to the Seattle show, because, you know, Seattle's angry, you know, easy easy access. I was like, if I can get tickets to that, would you want to come? And she was like, absolutely, I do. And then we realized, so if you, because (laughs) this is in the weeds, I will keep this short. Uh, Because the tour is sponsored by Capital One credit card. I don't have a Capital One credit card, but guess who does? My friend's husband. (laughs) And she was like, he has a Capital One. So if I don't get the early access code, Capital One, it's it's after the first early access, but it's before general, just the general public can buy tickets. So we have that. So I feel oh, like my goodness. confident we're going to get some tickets because we, we also like, it's not like we could go anywhere in the country. Like, I, I don't know that I'm flying to New York City for this, but I- You're I, not? Yeah, well, I might. Come on. <laughs> I could get to Seattle quite easily. Okay. So we are already like, okay, if we do get access, like, I'll, like I'll have to go over to your house the day that we get at, like, and cause then you also, you're in the queue and you'll only have a few minutes to get tickets once you get oh in. Oh my gosh. Okay. So here's the thing about all of this. I, I have never done anything quite like this. 
I also am sort of just loving and embracing like kind of the fun and the game of yeah, it. Like, totally, like all totally. of these things I just outlined, like, okay, and then we're going to like, yeah. here are some strategies and I'm going to look at the stadium ahead of time to like pick out what areas we might want. And like, we have to set our budget. What's the most that we're going to spend? And like, but it's so fun, right? Yeah. Like, it's kind of, of cool it to care true. that much about something, like to have like, to have that much excitement yeah. about something too. Except, especially something so like, like Dustin was kind of giggling at me earlier and I was like, look, buddy, this is low stakes, right? Like the yeah, yeah. worst thing that could happen is I don't get Taylor Swift tickets. I yeah. one will still survive. It will be <laughs> like, it's sort of like watching Call the Midwife. It the is. Stakes are low. <laughs> it's exactly like that. It's low, low stakes. We're all yeah. going to be fine. And even if we get the worst seats, who cares we're at a taylor swift concert and like we're it'll be super fun i don't i just like it's kind of fun to be participating in something that's like "Mm, there's no real loss that's gonna come here i think like i said even if we don't get tickets it'll be this funny like oh we tried so hard so hard got us that's funny I mean I was like I wonder if I want to go but I have not done all of that research and I sound like given my sort of what is that perspective laissez-faire is that the right one blase maybe that's what I mean I'm saying laissez-faire and that's a different thing blase my blase perspective currently on getting tickets sounds like I probably wouldn't if I don't have my name on all these lists Here's the thing. I think probably there will be plenty of tickets, if I'm being (laughs) honest. I'm just kind of leaning in. Who knows? You don't know. I love your enthusiasm around it. I love it. I'm just going to have some fun with all of it. Have I already started thinking about my outfit? Are you going to wear cowboy hat because no, that's what you just said not. earlier that, no. that would be a concert thing to do <laughs> it, it would be allowed but I would not do that um yeah. I don't want I don't want to smash my hair down come on I'm also very tall already I also just seems annoying anymore. you wear a cowboy hat like a big hat at a concert when yeah. Yeah. yeah um well the concert I'd be going to is not until the 22nd of July <laughs> okay We've got to have some time time to plan your outfit. (laughs) I already though decided I would think I want some sequins. Anyway, I was just starting to mentally think about putting a little vision board together. Uh, So that's what I've been loving is doing that. I love it. I love it. I yeah. Now I'm like, is this just the Taylor Swift and Ted Lasso podcast? I'd like to (laughs) talk about it every time. (laughs) Sorry guys, it's it's a big Uh, Taylor Swift month. It is a big Taylor Swift month. Well, tell me if you want tickets. We could get. We could get. I know. Part. I'm gonna have to I think get about up it. To six. You've oh got my a gosh. Okay, I gotta think on that. I might. I might. You gotta come back to them. Okay. See you in the episode, listeners. All right. Well, we're back for another Ted Lasso episode. This time, we're looking at Ted Lasso episode five. So this episode, we see Ted's family, finally. Finally? It seems like finally his wife and his son visit. Um, We also kind of got to see that Jamie continues to be an asshole throughout the episode, resulting in his eventually getting benched and highlighting to Roy how strong of a leader Ted is. Uh, Rebecca continues to be foiled in her ability to... Uh, make the team fail despite her best best intentions Uh, and Keely considers the possibility of changing her career a little bit we end the episode with seeing essentially the end of Ted's marriage we see a lot of endings and beginnings happening kind of peppered throughout this episode And it really is highlighting change, like that change is inevitable. Did I ever tell you about that spoken word poet that I dated? (laughs) I can't take spoken word poetry seriously. (laughs) Really? I love it. Um, Uh, Anyways, I just feel like I want you and all the listeners to know that I dated this guy whose stage name was Constant Change. And I always think about him whenever I think about change because I was like, wow, that was so deep back then. And like, it's so true. There's still constant change. 
<laughs> I thought you would like that. I just feel like I just needed to add that. Yeah, that that's important. I do have a follow up question. Was it? Was it? What? There was constant change in that. Also, we dated only very briefly. <laughs> I wanted to know: was it a white guy with dreadlocks? Because that's my picture. It was a white guy. He did not have dreadlocks. He did play. Yet. He did play the didgeridoo as well. Oh God. It was in California. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He has dreadlocks now. I'm calling it. <laughs> oh, probably. Constant change is inevitable. It is it is? So we start off this episode. You know, I mean, change change is in the very beginning. We see mm-hmm. Ted confiding in Rebecca about his marital challenges, and you know. Sh- She's funny because she's like, are you saying this because I disclosed to you? And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is that exactly how self-disclosure works. And right? how we build There's reciprocity. Yeah. 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 So they're building more closeness. But we also get a little more insight. I think this, you know, up until this point, we're not really sure what's going on. And this is the first time where we learn really what's happening with Ted. We've, we've, we've gotten some foreshadowing, but we really start to understand what's happening. Um, and so we're seeing um, Ted and Rebecca's relationship grow in some connectedness there, right? Mm-hmm. Y- yeah. I mean, he shares quite a bit with her. And I, I think he even is kind of playing with the like, you know, you want to, you, you know, you like this closeness. And she's like, I do not. And you're like, nah, I think you like it a little bit. Um, I thought it was interesting in this scene too, where he says he, he shares that what, what, I mean, I don't know if this is the the whole truth, but when he says there's something about his wife feeling like his constant optimism is too much, mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting um, little thing to drop in there. Mm-hmm. It made me think about toxic positivity. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. And also, again, like not trying to give away things from the future, but I feel like it's like the, it's a it's it drops some hints about what is happening for him. It also feels like a nod to what can yeah what can be toxic posit- positivity as well. Liked that he shared that they had this like therapist who gave them a code word that meant like you have to tell straightforward truth. You know, even in talking about really serious things, right? He is disclosing something that clearly is upsetting to him. He he just can't help but like also inject jokes and humor into it, right? Like he talks about like Oklahoma was a word and then he starts making a whole long running joke about like what he can't think about the musical anymore and the songs and da da da, right? Like he he just, he can't sit with his feelings. Mm-hmm. It's like it, there, the space always has to be filled. I just mm-hmm. thought that that was kind of interesting mm-hmm. to see. Like you're, you're seeing a little bit of like, ah, I... I could see how that could be a little exhausting. I think it's interesting that they we see again people discussing musicals. Yes, <laughs> I just oh. think that's an interesting thing. It's, I wonder if they had written those things in. Right? Doesn't the actress Hannah Waddingham is that who you say her last name? Mm-hmm. Is that her last name? Did I just make that up? Yeah, you got it. Good. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, she is like known for being a musical theater person, right? So yes. It's, I wonder if those things were already written into the script or if they were, if that's her influence. Just, it makes me curious. Well, what I do know is that Bill Lawrence, one of the people who worked in the writing room, helped create the show, uh, loves musicals. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe it was him and maybe that's how we yeah. found, I don't know. I don't know the story yeah. behind that, but I've noticed now that there's been a few references. There's a really interesting episode of Brene Brown's podcast that has Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt, who plays Beard, on. Oh, I've heard that one. Oh, it's really good, and and they talk about like the intention behind putting the show in. They they ca- specifically call it like a more feminine space, mm. and I. Now that I'm thinking about it, I believe it was that episode where they're like, yeah, we love musicals. Like, we're going to reference musicals when oh. we're talking anyway. Okay. So, of course, it's going to be injected in. And then I also know Bill Lawrence loves musicals as well. So. 
I'll look it up. We'll see if yeah. maybe it'll make it into the show notes if we, <laughs> if we, we can, can find, find it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I know Brene Brown always talks about having a crush on Coach Beard, right? Yeah. And she loved Ted Lasso. Like if you yeah. listen to her podcast, she has referenced it so many times. Which makes sense because it seems like they love Brene Brown based on yes everything. So They reference her in the second which season. Makes which makes sense why we love it as well. Well, the next change we see is specifically around Jamie and Keely. We saw at the end of the last episode, she was like, it's over. Accountability matters. And we then immediately see him with a new woman, which this is literally the next day. Yeah. <laughs> and a, a woman who clearly spent the night with him. And then we get to see Jamie in his underwear, which I do want to commend the show for the amount of man thigh we see. <laughs> so funny impressive and I think you know just like the previous episode where we talked about Keely you know not uh not taking out her annoyance at Jamie on the woman Mm -hmm. that was there Mm -hmm. we see that again in this scene right like she is sweet as can be she's just like oh hi (laughs) and 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 then thanks Jamie for like helping her to see that her decision was a hundred percent the right decision um I just, I think that, like, again, this type of scene is what normally you would see Keely getting mad at this girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And instead, it's like this very, like, and our relationship has changed yet. I will still work on this publicity <laughs> campaign yeah. with you. And, and she's, she, we see in this episode her being, you know, fulfilling that commitment to him which actually creates something for her right because Rebecca right. is watching her in that and asks if she might be willing to do this kind of work for other players on the team we finally learn a little bit about what Keely does right like at nope it just seemed like people knew who she was and we never really knew why it says she's famous for almost being famous yeah famous for being almost <laughs> famous or something like that do you think you know so much about this the show do you think was she like modeled after like Victoria Beckham. Like I've wondered about that, her character, like who was granted a Spice Girl, but also it seems like really gained fame and sort of that celebrity status when in a different way, I should say. I know the Spice Girls were wildly popular as well, but like, do you ever, have you heard anything about that? Was that like a choice? My understanding is it's not based on Victoria Beckham. It's based on another British woman who's kind of like an influency type person, right? Like that's kind of what Keely is. It seems yeah. like, like a, yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's Victoria Beckham. Although I see, I see some consistencies between the two. I I think what's interesting about this scene is it is showing like. Keely's starting to change like she had a little bit of a breakthrough in that bathroom in the last episode with Rebecca and like re-examining like basically like what the fuck am I doing with my life I'm just kind of stuck in the cycle of dating 20 something footballers and she not only like decides like no I like need to break that cycle but also now is like contemplating pursuing more of a career right like that's sort of what this sounds like is she now has a career that is a not that influencing isn't a real career but it's a career that's like using more than just her looks Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a potential career that's using like her savviness when it comes to branding and marketing and like this is a I think like the start of a moment of change for Keely too yeah and how you know, when we talk about the ways that Ted sees people and is able to believe in them, this is a really beautiful moment where Rebecca sees Keely, right? And is mm-hmm. able to, I mean, there have been a few moments where Rebecca's seen her, but here's, uh, here's a way that she gave someone an opportunity, right? Like, I mean, we haven't seen that fully fleshed out yet, but she's seeing and she's uplifting people around her as well. Yeah. And seemingly with no ulterior motives. Right. Like she's like, no, you look like you would you seem like you would be good at this position. It's not to like it it seems very genuine. Yeah. Speaking of masterminds, it doesn't seem like an evil yeah. mastermind move. It seems like a yeah, a, a something that's done out of kindness and yeah. recognition of someone's talent. Yeah. I also appreciate that Keely said, like, well, are you only giving me this job because like, you know, I was nice to you and they had that conversation and 
And Rebecca was sort of like, so what? Like, maybe. <laughs> so are you going to take the opportunity or not? And yeah. I, you sometimes see people wrestle with that kind of thing and then be like, well, you're giving it to me for the wrong reasons. And I always kind of want to be like, just take it. Take it and do do something awesome. Show that you were the right choice, whatever the reason. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that I like the thing that comes to mind for me is like how open we are to receiving, but I don't want to take us down that. I feel like that, yeah, that can be a right. thing we talk about the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we see that happening. We somewhere in here. We also see Roy, probably right around that time, we see mm-hmm. a scene where Roy comments on Keeley's love life with Jamie. We don't quite, I didn't quite catch exactly what he, how he commented, but it clearly, like, he put his foot in his mouth again. Based, he put his foot in his mouth by saying something. Do you remember mm-hmm. what it was? Uh, he basically was like, Ugh, like, I can't believe you hang out with that asshole. I have to, you choose to. Oh, and then right. she yeah. was like, uh, Actually, no, we actually, we're up. not together. Yeah. yeah. And and then she kind of, like, I think one thing that is interesting is the dichotomy that you see throughout this episode. They do a lot of showing Keely and Roy, like we see them in another scene later, mirrored against Ted and his wife. And there's tension in both scenes, right? Like there's tension between Keely and Roy, I think. And tension between Ted and his wife, but it's like the two sides of the coin tension, mm, right? Like that's a great one observation. is like a ooh, what's going on here? Tension, like flirty tension, and another is like not so great tension. Ooh, what's going on here? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought. I, I noticed that towards the end. I hadn't thought about it at the beginning as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, Roy now knows that Keeley's single. Yeah. Right around that time, also, we see, we meet Ted's family, basically, you know, and with like lots of excited energy, we meet his son and his wife. And there is, you know, like a welcoming in that is then followed by a scene where we see just great male friendships once again, where we see Nat and Beard and Ted talking about relationships, bringing Higgins into the discussion, exploring relationships and relational dynamics between each other. Yeah, I I think this is another great example of, like, Ted is quite open about his feelings with people, right? Like, he is clearly opening up to Beard and Nate, and then talks to Higgins some as well. Like, he is not experiencing this turmoil in silence and mm-hmm. I mean he's not burdening random people with it but he is like reaching out to his support system and I think that that anyway we <laughs> talked in the last episode like, at the start about men in therapy specifically and and kind of this idea of like how where do men find support and like this is a good example of social support right like we don't see I think this is a good thing to model to men is yes. that, like you can go to your friends and have these conversations. And as a friend, you can be somebody who listens and provides like good quality feedback. Which we really hear from Higgins, right? I mean, Higgins yeah. is so thoughtful here. And this is also a scene where we get a little more backstory on why Ted moved that we start to understand. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed watching Beard in this scene as well. It was neat seeing like i mean again we still don't really know why beard moved but we can but but it looks like i you know i was watching him and there's a there's a scene where it, it focuses on him and it just looks like he's tracking it just looks like mm-hmm. he's tracking so much of the time like what a what a wonderful friend to have who's just like i know what's happening here and i've got mm-hmm. your back yeah pretty quietly but quietly like, yeah quiet support yeah yeah. yeah, and it looks like throughout this whole episode, it looks like Beard knows what's up. Beard knows mm-hmm. what's going on, and he's tracking. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, this is jumping ahead, but I think it's worth noting, like, as we're talking about that at the end, like, that's what the scene ends on is, like, Beard is Ted's person right now. Yeah. Maybe they're the soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. 
Uh, I mean, if if we use your definition of soulmates from a while ago, which I don't know if I know the definition, but, you know, people who are meant to be in your life, was that what you were saying? Was that your definition? Yeah, like an intrinsic connection that you have. They look like they should. They sure look like they are. Yeah. they Maybe it, that's the soulmates of the whole show. Beard and Ted. Beard and Ted. <laughs> yeah. So we see, we see that vulnerability, that willingness to be vulnerable, that support that they are starting to offer one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see a real, a real dick. <laughs> Fucking Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. We see uh, the team cheering, Roy leading a cheer, and Jamie sitting out taking selfies of himself. Which I thought that this was interesting because the last episode, Ted helped connect Roy and Jamie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Jamie like seems to have upped his assholery well he's just gone through a breakup he has just it's interesting i hadn't thought about this until we're just talking about it now but if we're thinking about jamie's arc like he has just gone through a breakup with keely and and presumably that mattered on some level to him even if he's not letting on maybe sure (laughs) that's that's possible i'm just trying to give him benefit of maybe that's why he's being such an asshole in this scene yeah, it, it is. I, I suppose I, I do suppose that in the last episode, I thought of it as Ted like helped bring them together. But really, Ted talked to Roy and Roy helped them get together. And Jamie didn't actually see that part of it. Mm, that's true. Right? Like Roy is on board with Ted now. Jamie hasn't still hasn't really connected with him. And like Jamie's self-centeredness runs deep. Mm-hmm. It runs very deep. Yeah. 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 And Ted even tries to talk to him and it does not. It doesn't go great. Um, and it was the first time you start to hear Ted like take a, I think, a stronger tone. He starts and then his kid walks in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a different, you see a different and it doesn't, it doesn't quite work in the sense that. Um, his kid walks in, right? But there's a there's a different tone to his leadership, his coaching, which is he's he's starting to to have a little less patience for Jamie, and seems like he's taking a different approach. Yeah, and but we don't really get to see that conversation go any farther because his son walks in, um, and and then we're at the game. And Jamie is having a quite a good game, as he said in the locker room. He is there to score goals, and he seems to do that. But it's you see it he, as he scores both the goals in the first half. How it's like after the first goal, it was like he was screaming me. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the second goal, not only is he just by himself playing to the crowd, but the rest of the team is against him. Like you could see, you know, it used to be in the previous episode we saw it was divided 50-50, like mm-hmm. somewhere with Roy, somewhere with Jamie. And it seems like now everyone has gotten a bit more on board Roy's leadership mm-hmm. and Jamie has further created a divide between him and everyone else on the team. Yeah, he's alienating himself, but he's also in, you know, through, in, I mean, right before he scores the second time, he like steps over Sam and is just rude again. Yeah. <laughs> he gets a yellow card, right? For getting in a fight with Roy, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he he has no care for his teammates. There's just no camaraderie. He is one. Like, I mean, Ted said in a previous episode, um, you forget you're one of 11. And mm-hmm. like, this is a great example of him just completely disregarding that. Yeah. So change happens again, right? Because yeah. Ted checks in with Rebecca. Rebecca says, go for it. Coach as you will, right? Manage as you will. Mm-hmm. And he takes Jamie off. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's pretty significant in, in soccer in particular because you only get, like, two subs in a whole game. Like, that, I'm used to basketball where you can substitute as much as you want. So that would not have the impact that it does in a game like this. That's interesting. I didn't know that rule. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I just thought, you know, like it's, that is a significant choice that yeah. could, yeah, that, that is going to have impact, especially for the one person who has scored the two goals of the, of the game, uh, game thus far. Yeah. Yeah. The crowd is unimpressed. Yes. Yes. But that seems to be their constant status when it comes to Ted. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that kind of leads us into the half halftime talk and J- where Jamie's not there. His jersey, he took his jersey off and he left. He's gone. Um, and Ted gives a, a very sweet halftime speech about change. Uh, in which he goes on a very long tangent about <laughs> puberty, essentially, uh, as Ted is wont to do. And I don't know if you noticed this. I-, I was looking at the players when he was talking, like when they cut to the players, and he makes a joke about, uh, he says, first time I saw tan lines, and he's talking about his art teacher. And like, they all kind of giggle and laugh, like they're all on board. They're all listening and engaged. And even Roy smiled. And it was like the, it was just like the full circle of Roy is on his side. Like he got him mm-hmm. in episode one or two, Ted and Beard were like him. We have to like, he's the first domino yeah. and they got him. And he is like, he has bought in. He believes now. And I, like, that was a, an inkling to that. I love that you pointed that out because I did notice that they were responding favorably, but I didn't specifically make note of Roy smiling in that way yeah i mean i'm always looking at roy so (laughs) (laughs) so he talks about embracing change in his pep talk he talks about being brave um and doing what you have to and those are really interesting statements to make that are probably about himself and also the team at the time but (laughs) yeah but it's about his wife Yeah, about his wife as well. Um, But it does seem to have a valuable effect as he reminds them to believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they go back out and at the very, very end of the game, not only do they score, but I think like this is a callback to one of the first scenes in the episode when they're in practice and Jamie doesn't make the extra pass. Mm Mm-hmm. And we see Roy with a breakaway, and he makes the extra pass to Sam, and oh, Sam Roy. scores. Oh, Roy. Of course Roy made the extra pass. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. So that happens. The crowd goes wild in a good way, for well, one. Just <laughs> since, the, you know, the theme is change, right? And Sam has literally been changed in position like he, they changed his position at halftime and then they scored and they changed the the um the the end of the game yes. and and then also seeing the change in the way the team celebrated that goal versus the previous Good two goals as yeah. well and then yeah the crowd like you were saying goes wild in a favorable way. <laughs> <laughs> Same word, but different. Yeah. Yeah. And we see, you know, Roy shaking Ted's hand, acknowledging him there. We'll talk, maybe talk about that more in a little bit. But there's there's an acknowledgement that, yeah, I, I love the point that things are changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that then leads us right into a, we go from up, <laughs> our emotions are up and happy to a, Really, I think one of the most devastating scenes of the show. It's one of the ones that always makes me cry. Do you cry? I mean, I just, it's so, speaking of, uh, recently you talked about how Taylor Swift is really great at evoking emotion that is common to Mm -hmm. people in songwriting. I think this is such a poignant moment for anyone who's ever had to lose anything but especially like go through the ending of a relationship it like calls in all of those emotions mm-hmm. it's so it i think it's so sad because you see that both people have love for each other mm-hmm. it's just like the it's not working what is between them for whatever reason is no longer working and it, that's the hardest right it's not Nobody did something terrible to the other person. There was no, you know, there was no catalyst. It was just, they're not quite right. Oh, it's so hard. That's the sad, those, I think those are the most devastating. 
Yes, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, we see them agree to end their marriage. We see change there. Mm-hmm. And, and it, else? yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, again, that theme of change runs throughout it. We are at a point where there are a lot of things starting, a lot of things ending. And as Ted said, like, change is inevitable. And it is scary, and it also is also wonderful. Mm-hmm. And now we get to watch how some of these changes play out <laughs> in future episodes. I, I mean, I think the thing that we haven't really played out entirely is that it looks, it appears that when Ted says, hey, can I take Jamie out of the game? Mm-hmm. You see her, like her wheels turning again, like, oh, yes. Do, I mean, at least the way I interpret yeah. it is like, oh, sure, yeah, do that. That'll be... That, there you go. There you go, falling into my plan. <laughs> and then, of course, it, you know, it doesn't go that way. <laughs> right. And she's disappointed. She's like, ah, she's spoiled again. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, talking about the theme of this episode being changed, the one thing that still doesn't seem to be changing is Rebecca is steadfast in destroying this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we know it's not emphasized as much this this episode, mm-hmm. but yeah, she doesn't seem to be changing in that. No, even though she gave her friend a job with them. <laughs> Maybe she is changing and she just doesn't know it yet. Maybe there's like what is that? What is that kind of experience where you're you you know things are shifting but you're sort of you know not re- you're you're in resistance like she's probably in like some sort of confusion right now about what she actually thinks because of course she's like clearly growing to feel a connection and a friendship with ted mm-hmm. and again bringing keely in <laughs> and bringing keely in yeah i mean she's like slowly moving out of isolation really like yeah. i mean yeah so so she's changing whether she knows it or not yeah we'll see more later hopefully uh, what about Roy? What's going on with Roy? Let's just talk about Roy a little bit more. Oh I mean, my I feel god! Like, Always. I feel like he really starts. There's just a few moments in this where I'm like, "Ooh, now I'm like, now my crush is starting again." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Went away and now it's back. <laughs> I really love when he like steps up and tells Jamie to check on his teammate and mm-hmm. and and like stands up for Sam in that way on the field. Yeah, he really is starting to take more of a mentorship role with Sam, was that, was one thing I was noticing, who is one of the younger players on the team. Uh, like, you know, when Sam had fallen down and then Roy reaches down and Sam's like, oh, I really wasn't that hurt, but I didn't know what else to do, <laughs> which was so sweet and cute. And and instead of, you know, just helping out, Roy was like, no, 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 like, let's play to the crowd. Let's use this. And he kind of teaches him, like, this is part of sport, is the, the theatrics of sport. And gets it so that he then, you know, gets a big cheering from the crowd. And I thought that that was such a sweet little moment where, you know, it seemed like Roy was pretty disengaged from his teammates up until the point when Ted re-motivated him to step into that leadership role. And you see it, you know, in like serious ways and then also in sweet, fun ways like that. Yeah, that's a great observation. And that seems to be impacting the team as well. There's that scene where, um, what's his name? Is it? It's not Colin. What's the other the other player's name? Who, um, anyways, he like scoots over so Nate can sit down. Like I can't oh. remember that player's name. Like there's th- it, that that influence is starting to make its way through the team as well with some more kindness. Yeah, the Ted Ted started with Roy and it's spreading now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it, it, I do think it was full circle with him shaking Ted's head. Head. <laughs> <laughs> with Roy shaking Ted's hand at the end, right? Like acknowledging it, acknowledging the bravery of making that change with the lineup with Jamie and like respecting him for that. And like, it's like that full circle moment where Roy is like, okay, I get like, you're good. You're cool. I yeah. don't hate you. <laughs> and also I respect you. And I respect you. Yeah. I mean, you see that in his... Ah, it's just so good. It's so good. And so good when we um, acknowledge one another in those ways. I love that he does that there. He's able to yeah. acknowledge Ted and Ted's yeah. leadership. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, I just, just <laughs> the scene at the end where he interrupts Keely while she's putting stuff in her car and 
what she says about no it's like it's great to like interrupt a woman what does she say do you sneak up behind a woman in a parking lot alone at night (laughs) it's so on point it's so real so you know he scares keely but then he apologizes right i mean he says i was an idiot yesterday i'm also being an idiot right now and there's that look between them oh it's so good Mm -hmm. something starting something starting something starting yeah the tension right there is romantic tension between them and He's taking accountability, though, right? Yes. I mean, I just want to, like, name that since accountability was something we talked about last episode. He's doing that, even yes. in these little ways, by saying, like, hey, I messed up yesterday. Mm-hmm. And here I am messing up again, but also. <laughs> and then I love how abruptly he leaves. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, this is awkward. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think these are great examples of, like, he didn't have to apologize, Right, it was a minor enough of an interaction that it, that it wasn't required, mm. but it's really nice. Yeah, and I mean, maybe he's doing that because he's also interested. But I'm not. I'm not even clear that he knows that at this point. Do you? Do you think that they know that they're interested in one another at this point? I think a little bit, but I also think he would have done that either way. Yeah, like, like I think it's a, a both. decent human. I think. He's a decent human in those ways. Yeah, I think he I think he doesn't want to hurt people. Like, it doesn't seem like he has any intention or desire to hurt people and seems to want to take accountability for it. I, I mean, I, I do think that what Ted said in the previous episode to him, the my favorite line, don't let the wisdom of or yeah, don't let the wisdom of age be wasted on you. I think he is taking that to heart and implementing that in his life more change right Mm -hmm. he has changing his philosophy a bit Mm, that's a great observation yeah i just like how yeah i I, i'm just gonna say the same thing i just really like that (laughs) (laughs) and okay so the last is ted what's going on with ted yeah, I mean, we get a little bit more of his life, I feel like, this episode than we do. in other. So not only am I interested in his leadership, but also just, like, how he's moving through his life in this episode as well mm-hmm. and what's what's happening with him. Um, we've already acknowledged that he's taking a strong, like, a different kind of, a more assertive approach with Jamie than he has before. And that seems to be a, a leadership choice and a change in his approach as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he does seem a little more preoccupied this episode when it comes to the leader. I mean, he even said when he starts to talk to Jamie, he says, you know what, maybe I wouldn't normally say it this way, but I've had a long day or I'm having a hard day or he says something to that effect. Mm -hmm. He starts to say that. And I think that like this is an episode where fortunately he has laid the groundwork for the team and he has set the team up with a leader who is one of them that he doesn't have to do quite as much heavy lifting when mm-hmm. he is having a down day. I mean, he, he yeah. does, he does give that beautiful speech uh, at halftime and, and he makes a decision to pull Jamie out of the game. Like, it's not like he's not present, but he isn't doing quite as much of the like, um, uh, the the climate of the locker room in that moment because he's already laid that groundwork. Yeah, that's a great observation that that was a, that was that was a wise thing for him to be doing. He's also got like like you said like not only Roy but he's he's got more people around him it seems at this point who are sort of mm-hmm. holding that that space yeah. with him so that he can run off in the middle of practice and <laughs> right and be distracted and be distracted like we all are sometimes like mm-hmm. that is also just so real right that like yes you're trying to do that you you're taking on this new project you're you are a leader and also you might be a person who has really like tough personal life stuff going on and all of that is part of the human experience one of the things So one of the things that always has stood out to me from the TV show Parks and Rec, different TV show, but it's very similar in a lot of ways to Ted Lasso, like they're a a theme of kindness. And one of the things from that show that has always, I always think about is one of the lines is find your team and get to work. Mm. And I see that like it's Ted building his team. Like I realize it is a sport team literally, but he's also building 
like more than that. He is building his team of support like we saw it in the in the office when it came to his relationship. We see him talking to Rebecca. We see Roy and his, like becoming a leader, a surrogate leader for the team. Like all of these things are Ted building his team around him. And I think that like that is what a good leader does is empower everyone else around them to be able to do their best. And that does relieve so much of the burden as you on you as the leader. You still have to make decisions, but you don't have to carry everything alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you pointed that out. That's a beautiful point. Yeah. I mean, and we've already spoken to this a bit, but just to highlight again that this scene or this episode ends with a really beautiful depiction of male friendship, right? Like the, yes, he, we see him making a choice to let his wife go. I mean, he says that a couple of different times. He's just got to let her go. And did you want to say anything about that? Just, I think like that was a really honest and mature conclusion to come to. Right? Like he could have fought that, he could have pushed it farther and instead like came to the realization in the middle of his locker room speech, seemingly, that change is like inevitable and we have to be able to embrace it and move forward. And I think that that is hard and scary and can be sad and also can make way for a lot of joy. But we are seeing the sadness part of it right now. Yeah, we're seeing the sadness, we're seeing releasing and the end of something, the ending of something. And then we see this beautiful scene where Beard shows up next to him with a beer and just sits next to him. Quiet support. They like cheers. They do some sort of thing Mm -hmm. where they tap the beer on the bench. Is that a thing you know? Is that a thing? I've seen people do that. I, I I think it's just like a ritual some people have. I yeah, don't know. Maybe yes. it means something. If anyone, if it means something, let us know. But yeah, yeah just like this sweet scene where they just t- t- sit together at the end. Um, and it's, it, it is another just beautiful depiction of how, um, you know, how we can all be supportive of one another, right? If we sit alongside one. I mean, a lot of times there's nothing to say. Maybe that's what I want to point out. Yeah. A lot of times in situations like that, there, there is nothing to say. <laughs> Yeah. Someone is going through something so hard, but what Beard does is sit next to him Mm -hmm. and just be there with him. Right. You know, it makes me think about how we're we're watching Rebecca make all of these, you know, become a mastermind, right? As a result of her divorce. And it does make you wonder if she had a beard, right? If she had a a person who was just there. Mm-hmm. Would she have resorted to the path that she has chosen or would that support have kept her from wanting to hurt others? Mm. I mean, I think it's an interesting comparison between the two. Um, yeah. Yeah. So good. A lot of things okay. happening in this episode. A lot of things we needed to talk through there. So I hope you enjoyed that. Did you have a favorite Tedism from this episode? There weren't nearly as many Tedisms in this episode. I don't know if you noticed that too. Do you have one? Well, that's interesting because I don't really. I mean, I wrote down a few things that I was like, I don't know if any of these are my favorite. They're like things, but I'm curious. What did you, did you, did you have anything that stood out to you? I mean, my favorite line in the episode is from Jamie and he says, what am I supposed to do? Shower by myself? (laughs) And that (laughs) made me laugh really hard. And he was, like, very on. He was, like, confused. It's <laughs> really funny. Um, that's a great line. That's a great line. Okay, the, I guess the line, I'm, like, looking through my notes to see what stood out to me. Um, I do really like the scene where, you know, the scene that makes us cry, where mm-hmm. this, I don't, I don't know that this is a Tedism exactly, but I wrote it down because he says, some. Th- I may have missed a few pieces here, but he says, essentially, you don't have to keep trying I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. don't have to hang on. I'm going to be okay. Okay, I'm going to just cry right now while I say that. And then he says, I mean, and we get some insight into him. I promised myself I would never quit anything in my life. And then she knows him well enough to say, you're not quitting. You're letting me go. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. We see, like, how much love there is. And you've already mentioned this. But we see... Um, yeah, that sometimes love does mean letting something go or someone go. 
mm-hmm. which is hard. Yeah, it's sad. Change is hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's not a very happy line, but it was, I did write it down because I was like, that is a powerful, I mean, yeah, that's a powerful statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a really beautiful scene. And it, I think is a nice demonstration of, you know, a, a breakup, whether it is just a, you know, whatever, whatever the type of relationship it was doesn't have to be filled with hostility and anger it can end with love and compassion yes yes that that is an ending and it's and yeah it is it is a valid ending to something Mm -hmm. and and in many ways i always feel like i mean i think what's so sad and good is that it it seems to honor what has been you know he says Mm -hmm. he he acknowledge he he like remembers when they met and how beautiful that was mm-hmm. yeah. and also that she's not feeling that way which she's said throughout the episode at least once or twice that she's trying but she just doesn't feel that way anymore and I think if anybody has ever had that experience I know I have um, it's a it's a tough one to feel like you're letting someone down because mm-hmm. you just don't feel the same way anymore no I, I mean it just it seems devastating for both of them yeah, in different ways. But yeah, I love that you point out that, that that is how we could end relationships. And some people do. And a lot of people don't know that that's possible. And so they don't end them that way. So When they were talking to him about his marriage, which seems to be a really happy, supportive one, he says, if you're with the right person, even the hard times are easy. Mm. And I think that that is a beautiful line. I think it not only gives us insight into Higgins, but I think also like that is, it's accurate. Mm -hmm. That is true that relationships encounter a lot of things. And many of those things are outside of our control. But if you are with somebody who is a good partner, the right partner for you, even the shit show parts of life are going to not seem that bad because you are with that person. Uh, and I just think that that is a, a really beautiful way for Higgins to help highlight that there are wonderful relationships, but not all relationships are. Oh, that's a really great note to end on. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the PS Let's Talk Love podcast. We want to send out a special thank you to Medium Build for our show music. And if you enjoy this podcast, follow us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you want to support us, it's super helpful if you could give us a five-star rating and leave us a review sharing what you're loving right now. Really, we want to know. And if you don't like it and you got this far, don't worry. You do not have to listen to us again. You can just, you can just forget this podcast exists and move along. You can catch up with us on Instagram at ps.welovelove or follow us on TikTok at psconsulting. If you're interested in private coaching or learning more about our online classes, go to pscurators.com to learn more and find free resources to support you. See you next time.